The Satanta MMA Show with Fergus Ryan and Stephen Larry. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Satanta MMA Show. Gus Ryan soloing this week. Steve, the BJJ Lebowski, is still in Boston. Uh, big week for Irish MMA. We're just coming off the back, obviously, of UFC Boston, which all up was, you know, a pretty good night uh, for Irish MMA. Uh, Connor gets his title shot. Unfortunately, Norman dropped a razor-thin decision, one that I thought he won, and then wins for Paddy Houlihan and Cahill Pendred. Uh, I won't say too much about Boston because we did an in-depth uh, discussion, myself and Niall McGrath, which we're going to hear later. Uh, and we're obviously going to be looking forward to UFC in Sweden this weekend. And to help us look forward for that, I have three interviews with uh, Andy Ryan, Neil Seary, and the UFC's latest signing, Paul Redmond, to uh, get us in the mood for Sweden this weekend. Myself and I did have a little preview of Sweden, but we, we mainly discussed Boston. Before we get into any of that, though, we'll give the sponsor a quick shout out. Powerful.ie, supplier of Onnit Superfoods and Supplements in Ireland. Um, head over to Powerful.ie and pick out your Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport, Shroom Tech Immune, whatever it is. Uh, if you can get your order to up over €65, Euro, you'll get free delivery. And then if you plug in the promo code SATANTAMMA, all one word, all lowercase, S-E-T-A-N-T-A-M-M-A. Stick that in the box when you're checking out and you're finishing your order and you will get 10% off. So get a couple of you together, get the order over 65 euro, plug in Satanta MMA, all one word, all lowercase, and you will get 10% off your order. Now, as I said, I've mentioned what interviews we have for the show. So first up, we are going to hear from Andy Ryan and Neil Seary back to back. Then I'm going to play the uh, in-depth discussion myself and Niall McGrath had about UFC Boston with a little preview to Sweden. And then we're going to wrap things up with Paul Redmond, the UFC's latest signing. And uh, he'd be making his debut at Featherweight, new weight class for him uh, on Saturday in Sweden. So without further ado, here's Andy and Neil. So Andy, it's been a hell of a 12 months or nearly 12 months for you. Um, you know, this time last year, you had no fighters in the UFC. You had obviously a few in the Cage Warriors roster. Now you've got two guys heading over to Sweden uh, representing Irish MMA. So what sort of a year has it been for you? Yeah, it's been a great year, yeah. It's been great for me to see the lads getting rewarded. That's what I, I take out of it more than anything else because, you know, the club can grow and we can have fighters coming through. But the two boys have really put the work in, especially on the European scene, you know. They fought everywhere. And for some, the whole MMA and UFC spectacular in Ireland is not quite overnight, but nearly an overnight success. So it's obviously taken a little bit longer than that. Yeah, well, I think for, for the, the, the general fans, it's, you know, I suppose since Connor made a big deal of it and, you know, put the light on it, but the likes of Neil and um, Reds are cattle pen them boys. Them boys have been slugging it out in all the shows all over the place, you know. And it hasn't been an overnight success for them. It's been a long, long, hard journey. And uh, as a coach yourself, as someone who is, you know, in instrumental in creating the sport here in Ireland, how does it make you feel to see not just your lads, but lads from other clubs so successful now? Like there's four guys in Boston. It's going to be two guys in Sweden. Joe Duffy signed. Reds are in now. You know, how do you feel about the sport in general? Yeah, I'm chuffed. I'm, I'm actually proud of everybody. I actually was on Facebook there, I think it was yesterday, and Cage Wars are some old photographs back up from the early 2000s and Rodney Moore's in them and John Cannon's in them and I'm in them and you know so it's not it's, the lads have been putting the work in are seeing the rewards now it's a long time later but it's, it's great for Irish MMA 
And just talk about Sweden then on the night. Yeah. How do you think the two lads are going to get on? How's Neil going to get on? How has yeah, Paul? I think I think Neil is looking great. Neil is, is very sharp on the pads of player tonight. You know, I think Neil doesn't matter where he fights, who he fights, it's going to be a hell of a fight. Um, I hope Reza turns up like he does in every fight and every show. I hope the big night doesn't get to him. Um, I, I, just, I don't want him to worry too much over the way cutting. It's you know the fight is being thrown on him. That could be a good thing. You know he'll be that busy that um, you know he'll just get on with it and, and do the way in and have a good fight. But I'm very confident the two lads will really really impress on the night. I know you won't say this to Reds or in the lead up to the fight, but this is a short notice fight. He's a lot of weight to cut. Is the second fight the first fight? If you like, is that that's his first? No, I, I, for me, I think he has to go out and put on a good performance in the first fight. Neil did. You know, and, and especially, you know, especially say you look at Neil's fight and you say, if he did, went out there and got knocked out fourth round, he wouldn't be back on the show, you know. So I think it is okay, a late notice call up, but you still have to impress, you still have to put the work in. And Reza will do that. As you say, Neil done it. They all, anyone in this gym does it, you know. They will put the work in. So I think, I, I'm, not, I'm not worrying about looking, getting a second fight, I'm just worrying about the fight in the night. I want him to, you know, fight like it's his last fight ever, get stuck in, which he will do. Listen, best of luck in Sweden. Um, much, talk to you back when you get two wins. Yeah, 100%. Lovely. So, Neil, last time we were talking to you, uh, you were just about to head down to Australia and then, unfortunately, to pull out with the broken ribs. So, for starters, how's the rib and how was training over Christmas? Um, the rib is fine. I'm after being back over in um, Pascal Collins, sparring away over there. So, no problem with the rib. At the start, it was a bit of one, one day that it was a constant lump there, you know, and... I just went and done a little bit of research on it and it was just more or less all the muscles around it that are still swelled up, you know. We settled down after a while. We covered her up Jordan Spartan and it's 100% now, you know, with no, no complaints whatsoever. And how was training over Christmas? Because obviously you're a family man, so there was, you know, all the distractions of people coming over, visiting, you know, big Christmas dinners, lots of food around, like probably more junk food than, than you're normally used to. So what was it like training over Christmas? Well, no one comes to my house, I won't let them in either way, so... <laughs> um, no, it was. I actually had a much better Christmas this year, but in, in years because one, I didn't drink, I no drink whatsoever. Two, uh, the food wasn't really a problem. You know, I usually eat what I wanted anyway. You know, but um, other than that, like I spent plenty of time with my kids. I trained twice a day. You know, and I had a really good Christmas. You know, so I'm just really looking forward to this fight now. Right. And when you got word of the fight, were you, were you just chomping to get back in, given that you'd missed out on the fight down in Australia? You know, or, or were you kind of wait? Would you have rather wait till further into the year? No, um, it was. What was it? was out walk for a month with the rib because obviously I couldn't lift that, and you know. But I was back running after two weeks. You know, I was back out in the streets running and stuff like that. And obviously, when you're out walk, you're bored out ahead. The kids were in school, so. You'd nothing basically to do but watch telly and go train, you know, like get out and run, like I couldn't come up here and roll and stuff like that, you know. So the minute I went back to work I got straight back into this place, you know. So I was I wasn't expecting to be in straight away, you know, because obviously you can't really look for a fight after pulling out of a fight, you you'd be a little bit of a dick if you start calling out with people after pulling out with an injury, you know. So I I was just sitting on the sidelines and I said to Andy that I was hoping not hoping someone to get injured but if someone got injured, I was ready to go. Like I was, I was there. Anybody, like no problem making weight. I would have been dived at it straight away. And this fight came up, and it was it was brilliant, you know. Yeah. When you saw the names lining up in Boston, were you hoping you'd get on that card, or were you just happy to be on any card? No, I was happy to be on any card. You know, obviously there's enough fighters, there's four fighters out there. As it is, you know, I think there's enough on the card. 
you know, like, so I get to sit back and watch the lads go to work and enjoy their efforts of labour, you know, just enjoy their fights. And then the week after I go out, and me and, obviously me and Reds are now going out and we're on a different card. And it's it's not just great for us, it's great for Irish MMA, you know what I mean? Like, we've, within two weeks, there's six people out, out fighting, you know, and it's, it's unbelievable. Who would have thought that we would have got on these shows, you know? And just, you, you mentioned Reds are there. How proud are you that you've been there in his entire MMA journey from the day he walked into the gym first five or six years ago, he was on your team, you've coached him up, you've mentored him nearly, and here he is now, you know, you're, you're, you're back-to-back fights in the UFC card in Sweden. So how does that make you feel? Oh, it's unbelievable, you know, it's it's brilliant. You know, uh, I got, the, I got uh, Andy called me and he, he, what do you think? And we got a text off Red and he's the, the same. Like, and I just said, look, do it, you're ready, like, get in there. Stop crying about weight, don't cry about weight, get in, make it, and get in there and perform. You know, everybody knows how good he is, you know, I know how good he is, you know. And like these, sometimes these short notice fighters, or short notice fights, are good for people, you know, to get them jitters away, just get in and fight you, you know what I mean? Like, he knows how to fight, It's just get the weight down, get it done, get in, you're in there now, make a statement. And we'll start off with his fight then. Do you, have you seen his opponent, you know, and about him, or how do you think he's going to do, or how, where's the fight going to take place? No, I haven't seen one bit. I honestly, I haven't seen, I haven't even seen much of Chris Beale. You know, I watched, uh, I only watched his flying knockout, which was really impressive. I enjoyed it, you know. But um, other than Regis, no, like it's an opponent, it's an opponent put in front of you. You know, you, like, just get out there and fight him to your best your ability. You know, and I'm sure good things will happen for him. And uh, Chris Beale, your opponent in in Sweden. Um, He's talked about this. He thinks this could be fight in the night. Looking down the card, and there's some serious names like Dan Henderson, Alexander Gustafsson, Gegard Mousasi on that card. But he thinks your fight, the first fight on the uh, the event, could be fight of the night. What do you think of that, or how do you see the fight going? Yeah, I think it's an interesting fight. It, it really is a good fight. You know, styles make fights, and Chris, obviously, obviously, I've seen his flying leap, which is which was a beautiful knee. His second fight, I think, someone took it on ten days notice, and I went to dis- I went to distance. But he's 10 and 0, you know, he's undefeated. I watched him in the tough house, you know, he's, ha- he's had a good career, you know, and I know he, d- he overcome cancer as well, you know, so he's obviously mentally and physically tough, you know, so I'm, I'm the sort of guy that, that'll take, take a lot from that, you know, I'll go in there and I'll stand and fight the best of my ability, and I'm sure that we'll put on a good fight for the fans, you know. Yeah. And you made your UFC debut in the O2 in front of 20,000 people, mm-hmm. then you obviously had the cauldron of just mania in Dublin in front of 10,000 people. Now it's going to be 30,000 people in Sweden. Any nerves, any, you know, jitters about the big room? No, um, I think the jitters go the minute you get your hand dropped, you know, like, uh, it's hard. I was really nervous coming out in Dublin, you know, because when you're sitting back and you're watching all the other sweaters win and you know you're up, you know, and it was one of them, can't everybody win? You know what I mean? Can we all pull her off? Um, which did happen, you know, and it was unbelievable. But like the the fans behind you was unbelievable. Obviously, when I was kicking them, you could hear the crowds, you know. But this time I won't have that, you know. Like uh, there will be a big audience, you know. So will the nerves get to me? Only time will tell. I, uh, I'll only find out when I get in there, you know. But I'm sure that'll come true. And obviously, you'd normally have Reds in your corner, and he'd likewise he'd have you in the corner. So, because you're both fighting back to back on on the cards, you won't be in each other's corners. Any what what words of advice will will you be giving him before you make the walk out about his walk out, or, or what will you be saying to him about the fight? Well, just do what I done on the first on my first UFC. Go out with smiles on your face and perform to your best ability. You know, like go out to win. Don't go to lose, and don't think you don't deserve to be there. You know, you do deserve to be there. You're picked for a reason. 
you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, you really are picked for a reason, you know? He's picked because he's seven and one cage warriors. He's gone through numerous opponents and finished them. I think he's like seven finishes in cage warriors. You know, you know what I mean? So look, he's there for a reason, you know? Um, you just get out and enjoy it. That's what I do. Like, I go, I go out and every fight's my last fight. That's the way I, I look at fights. Every fight I go out, I look and say, right, this is my last fight, this is my last fight. You know what I mean? Because nobody knows what's going to happen. So I take it as it comes, I go out and enjoy it. And finally then, just give us a bit of a prediction for how you think it might go with Chris Beale. Well, the, every prediction I've given yourself over has not paid off. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you one. Do you know what? I'm just going to go out and do what I always do. I'm going to just march forward and try knock Chris out, you know? And I'm sure he's going to do the same to me, try to do the same to me, you know? So it should come for an exciting fight. Brilliant. Well, listen, the very best of luck for not talking to you before then, Neil. Thanks a million. So that was Andy Ryan, head coach and founder of Team Rhino, and Neil Siri, UFC flyweight, uh, ahead of his fight with Chris Beale this weekend. What I'm going to do now is play the in-depth discussion we had with Niall McGrath from Talking Brawls, uh, just about mainly about the UFC Boston card, but a little preview to Sweden this weekend. Following on from that then, we're going to hear from Paul Redmond about his journey into the UFC and his uh, debut fight this weekend against Mirsad Bektic. And uh, we'll be back at the end then to wrap things up. Now, I'm delighted to be joined on the line live from Sweden, Niall McGrath, as Jack Charlton would have said all those years ago. How, how the hell are you, Niall? Great. A little bit tired, Fergus. I haven't had much sleep in um, the last sort of 48 hours since Connor's uh, fight. i got three hours sleep, I think, since... Um, since Saturday night, so uh, yeah, pretty tired, pretty tired. But uh, all is good in Sweden. Pretty cold, but um, it's uh, it's 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 heating up nicely for the weekend's fights that are ahead. Very good. Now to give you your full title, Niall McGrath, of course, is the host and creator of Talking Brawls MMA podcast website as well. Uh, TBMMA.com. Am I right? TalkingBrawlsMMA.com. TalkingBrawlsMMA.com. And uh, regular collaborator with the Satanta MMA show. So it's good to get you on again now. Brilliant. Thanks for having me, Fergus. Pleasure. So you're in Sweden now, obviously. You're over there uh, ahead of the card in Stockholm this weekend. Who have you seen around or, or when did you get there? Um, I got here. I arrived in at about um, lunchtime today, uh, local time here. So it's uh, I think uh, we're an hour ahead over here that we are back home. Um, I haven't really seen anyone. I'm, I've actually been a bit too tired. So I've just been sort of getting my bearings and uh gonna go for a little nap later on but uh <laughs> i saw mike hogan on the plane the crazy mike hogan if you're a regular listener to our podcast you would have heard mike on before uh so uh, a bit of a crazy guy he's the only man i've seen around so far but uh i'll see plenty of them tomorrow at the media day yeah no doubt right what we are going to chat about obviously is ufc boston uh which was only on sunday and um like you now i stayed up as one of the few ones i was live blogging for independent.ie so it was one of the i was trying to think when the last time i stayed up for one and i couldn't honestly remember um but it's tough man it's tough, oh, it's well, tough yeah. you know? especially when you've i don't mean to big deal it but if you've like kids who the next morning don't understand that you've only got two hours kip since you know you last saw them um but anyway it was a good enough night of fights i've heard a few people talk um say it was a bit meh, but i thought it was a good enough um 
I think I think it was I, I think it was a strange night. Some of the fights were very strange, Fergus, and you sort of got that feeling. I thought the way the night panned out, gone into the main event, that something mild was going to happen. And you know, I think the, the, the doubts were coming into people's minds that uh, you know Dennis might do something here because some of the fights they were like we had the obviously um, the Uriah Hall and Stallings fight just before Cerrone and Henderson and all the decisions as well that that played out. There was some uh, pretty poor judging uh, on the night, but it, it was a real sort of. Crazy night. Some some very good fights, but then some some strange fights as well. Just just a weird feeling all, all around the total of the main event. Yeah, and the judging you you mentioned there. I'm glad you brought that up because there is some. So like I have a theory on why it went the way it went, and there was definitely a clear theme in the results coming from the judges' scorecards. But we'll get into that a little later. Um, I ta- I spoke to Andy Ryan on. Monday morning, actually, and we just we, we were mainly just talking about the flyweight fights in in relation to Neil Siri, and the, the the couple of flyweight fights were possibly um, some of the best fights on the card. Um, the first one, Joby Sanchez and Tateki Matsuda, was a cracker to start the card, and then obviously Paddy Houlihan and Shane Hollowell in the middle of the prelims were was excellent. But let's let's. Let's just deal with the Irish guys first before we talk about the card and the judging, etc. So first up was Paddy Hoolan, as we said, against uh, Shane Howell. And although I think when we were previewing this on your podcast, I think I went for an early win and I think you went for a stoppage in the second round. It went all the way to the cards. And I think the only reason Paddy didn't stop him is... Shane Howell is pretty tough. He's a tough son of a gun. Oh, yeah. I think Shane, you could see definitely that... Uh, we knew what Paddy was going to do. I think we both predicted a, a rear naked show win because Shane's been susceptible to them in the past. But you could see in the fight almost... Uh, you know, Paddy's jiu-jitsu was brilliant. You know, he went all out in the attack. And, you know, uh, Paul Dollery mentioned to me yesterday, I was talking to Paul on, on our podcast, which should be up later on uh, tonight. But um, Paul mentioned, you know, um, the toughness of Shane Howell and that he's, he's clearly worked on his defense you could see he just he kept putting the chain down when paddy was trying to get the arm around to to cinch in the choke but paddy paddy's a guy you know he gets one or two three wins together you know you, you could be looking at a title shot in the flyweight division paddy's definitely one to look out for obviously that loss was a against chris glades was a setback but you know two or three more fights down the line and you know the americans love that as well when you're constantly looking for the uh submission i thought his jiu-jitsu was great on uh on sunday night but um, Shane Howell, you know, hats off, a, a tough uh, fisherman, I think, as, as Paddy said afterwards. But, uh, yeah. you know, he's really obviously worked on uh, that facet of, of his game, defending the rear naked chokes. But, you know, hats off to, to both guys because Paddy went for it time and time again and he just couldn't put away Howell because he was, uh, you know, he was super tough. And uh, like I have to say, apart from being tough and showing a bit of resilience or a bit of defense to the choke, like, uh, as we are, certainly as I expected, he didn't have much for Paddy. Like there was, he didn't check anything. There was zero head yeah, movement. Yeah. He was taken down by Paddy at will, and even one of the takedowns, Paddy, like it took him about two weeks to actually get in and get the body lock. But he still did it. You know, his his defense was really pretty poor for a guy in the UFC, and he's he's dropped two now, Howell, and I don't think he'll be there for much longer. And it's based on performances rather than anything else. The the how he's lost as opposed to the fact that he's lost. Yeah, um, I, think, but, I, I think I think I think I think he threw twenty two twenty six strikes in the fight. In the whole fight, right? Yeah. Now I'm not having to go with Paddy. All, all Paddy can do is fight the guy in front of him. And the fact that Howell was was able to stay in there just kind of amazed me because Paddy was digging for mm. rear naked chokes. He could take him down at will. He found his back every time. And 
your man must have either great neck muscles or when he sticks his chin on his chest it must be hard to get your you know your 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 arm and your elbow uh, right under his neck yeah cuz yeah, I thought Paddy had it you know, was it the end of the second Fergus where he nearly had him um you know it was very deep and and, and Shane just wouldn't tap out you know he he's he some resilience on him in fairness yeah, I think though it was the end of the second it was it seems to be the end of nearly every round um, yeah. Paddy had a, yeah. a rear naked nearly sunk in so um unanimous decision 3027 on all three cards was very fair i thought um, yeah definitely it was uh, you know no doubt 3027 if yeah. not even you could have said the first round was uh, was a 10a round wasn't far off it uh i don't know like I think ten eight rounds. It wasn't far off. There was a, even I think. Go ahead. No, no, you go. No, no, no. I I think it wasn't far off because he was so dominant. I think Rogan mentioned on the commentary as well that you know the first could have even possibly been a ten eight because he was just he was just completely all over him because you know you know if a guy's boxing if a guy's boxing sometimes and you know you, you see him you know. Clobbering a guy all over the place. I don't see why the judges shouldn't score it on, um, uh, you, you know, jujitsu artists like like Paddy as well. With you know the takedowns and, and and being all over him on his back, looking for submission after submission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the thing about ten eights is it's hard to give ten eights if you are attempting submissions because I can't remember what podcast I heard. It might have been Shale Sons. And he was making the kind of the valid point, like if you stand, uh, yeah, it was Don Fry and Chelsea, and we're talking about, well, you know, submission attempts are really good if they get really close to the finish, but you even don't know if you're watching how close that is. And it's like saying to a guy who's standing five feet back and swinging air punches and saying, well, you know, he's attempting to knock him out. He's putting everything into his punch. So he's attempting to knock him out. But he's not like, you know, he's not within an ass's roar. And submission attempts are funny as well. I mean, you should, they should count for something. But I don't know if a couple of sub attempts when the guy is still in it is enough to get you 10 out round. That's. We're going to, we're going to talk about judging, obviously, in a few minutes. And, you know, the main problem, I think, is the criteria. You know, there's so, so many gray areas, Fergus. On, yeah, you know, on, on what scoring points, you know, compared to that and, you know, being a stand up. But Paddy did strike him as well in the first round. You know, he was oh, no, he uh, did, from yeah. the back hitting him at, at, at will, more or less. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have um, no issue with 30-27 on all three cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I say, I'm not saying Paddy didn't fight well. He can only fight what's in front of him. I'm just saying how didn't have much room. That's all. And what, you know, what like, would you like to see? What would you like to see Paddy do next? Is there a name? Is there someone you, you think would be a good matchup for him? Um, th- there's only a few kind of names. Uh, um, off the top of my head now, there's two guys I think would give Paddy a good test because of what we had with was is it Josh Hall, the guy who. I think we can say wrestle fucked him out of the tough house. Is it Josh Hall? Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I know the guy you're talking about. Anyway, the guy who just completely came in and was the most boring fighter in the world was <laughs> would just just completely wrestle him. Yeah, it was Josh something. Anyway, um, just to see um, if Paddy can can handle that because he's going to come up against wrestlers obviously at some st- yeah. at some stage. Maybe Dustin Ortiz or Tim Elliott. Yeah, I, li- I like the Tim Elliott one. I- I'd like to see that. Mm. I think that could be a good matchup. I think Tim's. I think you mentioned it actually to me last week, and before we went on air, you, you think he's uh, he- he's quite overrated. I-, I tend to agree with you in, in that as well. He- he's he's busy. He'll walk forward, but he's kind of um, his main 
method of attack is to let guys hit him in the chin. Yeah, yeah. And so he's a gamer. He looks good. He looks aggressive, but he gets hit a lot. And you know, he likes to he likes to shoot for takedowns and, and yeah. hold you down. And you know, I don't think that's enough. So it'd be interesting to see how Paddy would cope with that. And Dustin Ortiz obviously is another guy who likes to get you down and hold you down. So yeah. um, they just they'd be good tests. They, that, that's all I'm saying. And, I'd agree. And and I totally agree with what you said. Uh, the flyweight division is only 40 man strong. It's the thinnest. I think it's the thinnest in the men's ca- section. Of yeah, the I'd imagine so. So if you go in at 40, you know, and you win a fight, you should be into the 30s. You win another fight, you should be at least into the 20s. Win another fight, you're top 20, if not knocking on the yeah. door, top 15. And that's three fights, and you put yourself into the, the picture. You know, another fight or two, that's five in a row, and you're entitled to uh, contention. So Paddy's won two, not on the trot, but he's won two. Um, he's maybe two fights away from top 15 and knocking yeah. on the door of uh, title sure. contention or top five. So we saw Chris Carr, he also got a title shot, you know, and he's ranked number eight against uh, DJ at UFC uh, 178. But, uh, but, but a guy you, you, I think everyone should watch out for in, in, in that division is uh, Koyochi Haraguchi. That boy looks like an absolute stone-cold killer. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, I, and I have to say, when I saw him debut at Bant- Bantamweight, there was two things I said. One is he should drop to fly with him. Two, yeah. if he does, he, he will be a threat. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. He will be. He will yeah, be a threat. He, he, you know he uh, he dominated Lewis Gadno last time out in that fight, and um, I really I'm really excited about this kid in, in that division. Yeah, let's move it on then to the next guy, Irish guy in action, which was obviously Kyle Pendred, and this is where we're definitely going to have to talk yeah. about the judging, um, the judges' scorecards. Now, first of all, right, it's you can't blame Kyle for what happened, right? Of course, yeah, you of know, course, uh, of course. He got his hand raised, and mm. he did what he thought was enough to get his hand raised. So if you don't like that, you can't take that out and call it's the judges. Yeah, 100%. Now, I'll be honest, when I was watching it, I didn't think Cahill had done enough to win. I thought it was going to be close. I definitely think Cahill might have shaded the first. Um, I think he had two takedowns in the first. And uh, even though he got dropped, I thought maybe he shaded the first. But I just thought Spencer's hands seemed to be landing... More significant yeah. strikes and more often. Now, if you if you dial back the numbers and if you go into things like fight metric and CompuStrike, I think you'll find that Pendred landed as much, if not maybe even a little bit more, than Spencer in terms of volume. Now that obviously in- includes the low leg kick he was throwing. Yeah. And yeah. the point I made when I was live blogging is the low leg kick is great if you're setting something up. You're mm, not going to win mm. a fight with a low leg kick. Yeah, um, or certainly not the ones he was throwing on uh, on Spencer. Like, sure, Edwin Barbosa stopped guys and Pat Barrios stopped guys yeah. with leg kicks, but you know they were not going to win Cahill the fight. They were going to set something up for him to win the fight, but not win him the fight. So, so yeah, he outstruck he outstruck Spencer in a few of the rounds, but they were you know maybe the reason why. Um, I felt Spencer should have got the nudge because he you know he he, he I thought he was clearly outstriking Cahill. Yeah. Um, now, having said that, Cahill won. It was a close enough fight, so you know you, you can't take that out in Cahill. Mm. He's three and zero. It's fantastic, um, and we, you know it'll be interesting to see who he gets next. What did you think of it when you were watching it? Well, it was very much a what the way I, I thought the fight. You know, I thought Cahill was. I mentioned during the week there that Cahill would. You know, it's a, it's a silly match for Cahill to try and and work on his. Uh, 
his new and improved stand-up. But, you know, everything looked really telegraphed and called. And I was a bit confused because the corner as well, John said to him after the second round, you know, get the takedown. You know, that's what we want to do. And uh, the third round, sorry, the end of the second round. And he just, he didn't really look for the takedown at all. He tried standing. Um, you know, Carl needs to go back to the fights we saw against Gail Grimaud and Bruno Carvalho. You know, there's a couple of big scalps there for Carl if he fights like that, that grinding and pumping style. There's no point standing with a golden gloves boxer uh, on the feet. He was just getting lit up time and time again on the feet. Uh, everything was slow, telegraphed. As you said, you know, you set up... Uh, it, it, that low kick worked well against um, Gasson and Malatov, but again, he wasn't really, you know, putting any combos together. It was too slow, too predictable. Um, I'd just like to see Carl go back and, and focus on his real strengths. Uh Instead of concentrating on, you know, elements that he's he's you know he's weak on and he's he's improving on, you know, he, he needs to just really really work on a stand up. But Sean Spencer, like I seriously, I, I you know as much as I like Carl and all, Sean Spencer won that fight. You know, it was it was thirty twenty seven. I call it twenty nine twenty eight, but you know I could have seen a thirty twenty seven to Spencer. You know, when the decision was being read out. I was going, oh, you know, Carl's lost this one. I was shocked when I when I heard the call. Absolutely shocked, Fergus. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like we're not talking out of school here. We're not the only one saying this. Now, the website MMA Decisions, which tracks other MMA websites and what they think how how. Uh, how fights are going on their blogs or their live feeds. They track 15 outlets and all 15 scored the fight for Spencer. Um, 11 yeah. scored a 30-27. Um, so the other four had a 29-27, 28, sorry, to, to, to Spencer. And among the fan polls that were scoring fights, 92% of them scored it for Spencer with two-thirds of them going 30-27 for Spencer. So, like, we're not telling score stories out of school here. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's no disrespect to Carl. Uh, mm. At the end of the day, you know, he got his hand raised and it's a win. And, you know, we, we'll see who he gets next. Yeah, it's completely down to the judges. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the scorecard here. I, I put it up in front of me and, you know, two of the judges scored a 30-27 to, um, to, to Sean Spencer. I, I really just don't know how... Uh, I don't know how they got that. Eric Holland and yeah. Doug, Doug Crosby. Well, there's, you know, that's a, that's a pretty regular uh, occurrence from uh, Doug Crosby getting um, a fight call wrong. Well, I have a theory on why Carl won it, uh, and, it, and it, this kind of rang through for the rest of the for the whole card. They seem to put particular emphasis on takedowns in the fights. If you think about what happened to Norman, uh, well, I thought Norman that, that, outstruck Gleason Tebow, but Gleason yeah um, took him down. Yeah. Paddy took Shane Howell down. Now that fight wasn't even close, right? But that, Paddy that, was that, taking Shane Howell. If you look at all the decisions. Um, that's what that's what I'm coming back to. There's no criteria, you know. It, it, the judges are giving more for scoring points than a guy, you know, that's that's lighting a guy up on the feet, and then a guy who's going for submissions against a guy who's um, who's striking, vice versa. Yeah. So this it, it's it's a whole problem. It's going to continue till there's actually a defined set of um, of laws on what actually scores points in fights. Yeah, and then again in the 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 cowboy fight, he took Henderson yeah. down. Did, did I don't think Henderson took him down. But Cowboy took how many kicks did Cowboy take? Uh, you know those uh, the, the front um, tie kicks that he took yeah. off Benson Henderson in the first two rounds. I had again another fight, uh, Fergus. I had pretty, you know, I, I was pretty shocked when I when I heard um, it wasn't a robbery or anything, no, no. no stretch of the imagination. But I was pretty surprised when, uh, when when the judges called Cerrone. I think Cerrone was as well. Yeah, um, I was, you know, it, that one was a close fight, and I've, I mean, you know, I have no issue with it going either way. 
Um, it's the how or the why, and and the fact that takedowns seem to get double points for you through yeah. the card is it just makes the the cowboy one a little bit fishy because I, I thought Henderson won it. Um, now it was very close, so I have no issue with that one going either way. But it's the why. It's just because yeah. they only took him down. That's why he wins. I don't think that's enough. Ninety three strikes from uh, Benson Henderson and fifty eight from uh, Cowboy Cerrone. I think that uh, that sort of says it down. One takedown to nil as well. And right. um, obviously for for Donald, um, but you know. It, but just you, you have the stat. You can you're on um, fight metric there, is it? I'm on yeah fight metric. One just of them, yeah. pull up the Park and Tebow fight and give us the numbers there. I'll give you the numbers for Park and Tebow. Um, um yeah, forty four strikes for Park. Thirty one percent of one hundred forty one landed, and uh, thirty eight of one hundred twenty seven for Tebow. So, yeah, you're correct. Significant strikes forty three for Park, thirty eight for Tebow, and two takedowns for Tebow. Okay, you broke up pretty badly there. Just say that again. There was um, 44 um, total, total strikes from Norman Park, 38 for Tebow, significant 43 to 38, and zero takedowns to two to Tebow. Right, okay. So, okay, Park didn't outstrike him as he much did, as I he, thought he did. But he still did, though. Yeah, he still yeah. did. Um, you know, should that be enough to win a round? Maybe. Um, but when you have a guy who is scoring it, as if a takedown nullifies everything else that happens in the round. Yeah, did, so did, you have, did you have Park win, winning it when you were watching the Fergus? Yeah, I did. Honestly, you did. I did, yeah. You did. I, I actually, I had Tebow winning it. Okay. Just, um, but yeah, he, Park definitely won the last round. I don't think Tebow ever wins uh, the last round. I had a 29-28 to Tebow. But yeah, looking at those stats again, you you know, you could be right. The, the takedowns really do seem to score more points in the in the judges' eyes, definitely. They definitely did in this card anyway. Um, and I was gutted for Norman. We'll move on to the Norman um, the Norman fight. I was yeah. gutted for him when the re- re- result came out. Because I genuinely thought he did enough. I thought he pushed the pace. I thought he walked forward. Like he was he was trying to show at Tebow and everyone else that, look, I don't care who this guy is or what he's doing. Yeah. I'm fucking Norman Park and I'm equal to the task here. And I thought he was. I, I definitely thought he landed more. The numbers seemed to suggest he did, as you were saying there. He he seemed to be pressing the action. He was happy to clinch him up against the cage. He shot for some takedowns, and then he didn't land any. And when he did get taken down, he wasn't long and popping back up. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think if... Um, the one thing I will say, though, when, when Tebow hit him, I think the, the strikes, they, they looked a little bit more... You know, they looked a bit more powerful and nasty. Park was putting together some nice combos. Was on the front foot. He tried for a, tri- a trip against the cage once or twice. Didn't work yeah. because of Tebow's power. And the fact that Tebow got the two takedowns, you know, I think that could have been, you know, the pivotal moment. You know, they're looking at a, a more powerful, um, you know, more robust guy who who's uh, who's just looks like a beast as well. <laughs> looks can be deceptive as well in the octagon at times as well. Yeah. Um. I, 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 I know what you're saying about Tebow's punches looked more uh, yeah. damaging. And I think that's a function of him being a big dude with massive arms. I don't think Norman was rocked at any stage, though. No, no, not at all. I, yeah. I don't think he was either. He didn't look rocked. He looked you know, pretty... He could have gone another two or three rounds probably yeah, after absolutely. after the bell. And, um, and he, did look, he did look like uh, too much smaller than Tebow. Like, Tebow was carrying a lot of beef. Well, this is a fight now, I, I think, you know, and uh, you could hear, you know, I think it was mentioned on the, 
one of the prominent uh, radio networks during the week that you know Norman didn't get much of a cheer, and obviously it's it's to do with the the whole Northern Ireland uh, Ireland issue. And he, he got a he got a good reception. I'm not saying he got a bad reception, but n- nothing compared to like so Paddy Hula and Connor and, and Cahill. You know they, they could have done this fight, I believe. On um, you know they could have headlined this uh, this fight on um on a fight pass card. And I believe if this fight had gone five rounds, it's it's a whole different ball game if this fight goes five rounds. Yeah, I think I think Park whole different ball game. I think Park, if Park he doesn't stand yeah, over five. Over five. I, I you know I think it's a good enough fight that fight right there to do that on a you know a fight pass card. I don't think it'd have left this one you know a little bit later, maybe a smaller you know show in Europe or something like that. Yeah, because um, Park, yeah. Park's Park's on, on enough of a run to um to, to warrant you know possibly you, you know headlining. We've seen some uh, some guys headlining shows that you know wouldn't really be be warranted uh, head, headlining shows on that UFC fight pass. Yeah, I, I think there's this there's like there's a few tiers in the in the UFC. There's obviously the guys who they they're just absolutely in love with. Like, yeah, of course. Like Jones, Rousey, McGregor. And then yeah. there's guys who they think are just really good fighters and, and you can see the respect coming through in their opponents and the position on the card. Like Norman has been a main eventer, main carder, I should say, yeah. for last number of fights. And think about the guys who he was offered. He was offered Diego Sanchez, who was top 15 at the time, Jorge Masvidal, who, was, who is top 13, and Thibaut, who is probably top 20, if not top 25. And he's on the main card. So they clearly think Norman is, you know, a, a great fighter with a, with a future in the UFC. Yeah. And then there's everyone else. You know, the, the, there's everyone else who, um, you well, know. I, th- I, look at the, I look at the top 15 and I think there's guys Norman beats in the top 15. I, I, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, I, I, look, I look at Jamie, Jamie Miller. You know, he's going to give Jorge Masvidal a good fight. He's going to give Michael Johnson a good fight. Um you know, bar that, but you know, if Norman gets one or two more, you know, wins together, um, obviously that's a big setback for him. He's very disappointed afterwards, but you know, a couple of more wins against. Uh, I'd love to see that Masvidal fight happen. I think Masvidal's had opponent announced though during the week, and obviously Jimmy Miller is tied up against um, Paul Felder. But um, th- you know, there's plenty of fights to make for uh, for Norman Park. He's a he's a quality fighter. Norman's going to be around the UFC for you know I can see for the rest of his career. He's one of those consistently solid uh, performers, and you know. As I said there, if that was a five-round fight, Norman wins that every day of the week for me. Yeah. Well, he's like 4-1-1 one, and one now. Four wins, a draw, and a loss. Yeah, he won um, that draw, though, as well. I'm not going yeah, to yeah. call that a, a draw. No, totally. Um, I just wonder, is there anyone in the top 15 or top 20 who's coming off, who's got a you know a decent sort of few wins, but is coming off a loss? Because they do tend to... Just going to pull up the top nah. fifteen, but they've st- they've stopped doing it in the last few months. In fairness to them, have they? they? they, they yeah, they don't they, they, a guy who's coming off a loss with a loss. They've been changing so it up, changing it up recently, which is is great to see. I think because it was getting a bit too predictable with yeah, all them. Yeah, I don't think, don't think you need to do it that way so much. Eddie Alvarez, Norman Park. That's a that's an interesting fight. That would be a good fight, actually. Yeah. Where's that's... Eddie? Eddie's ten. Eddie, Eddie's 10. He's out injured, though. Obviously, he was supposed to fight the other night. Cowboy stepped in for him. But if you look at that fight, you know, Eddie's a guy who, who goes out. We've seen the fights against Michael Chandler. He loves to scrap. Um, Norman does as well as boxing. He's very good, very good. Um, you know, he's, he, he's good. Yeah, there you go. Another one. Why, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? And, uh, that would be a great scrap. Yeah, Eddie Oliver's coming off a loss as well. Yeah, uh, you know, either of those fights, I... I'd definitely pay him money to see. Brilliant. And just just to keep it moving now, let's get to the main event. Um, I, 
you know, as as expected. Yeah. You all know, business, all McGregor. Seaver, I think, surprised people how long he was able to stay in there. Um, managed to get Connor to the deck <laughs> twice, even though he popped up fairly quickly. Um, you know, he, he he landed a few. Connor's a great chin, though. I don't think people realise. Kind of people say, oh well, he hasn't he hasn't had a chin tested. He has. He's been hit. He has a great chin. That's why he doesn't go down. He certainly um, has. And uh, I mean, I, like I think the 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 way the fight finished and how little time Herb G- Dean gave him on top in full mount to rain down strikes just showed the beating that Seaver had got for the whatever eight minutes the fight went on. If you look at Seaver's face from the first round, Fergus, um, from the time he started till what, whatever point in the in the second round it was, um, the color change is just incredible. He was just being picked off. Connor was. Had no problems. He was doing exactly what we thought he would do. It might have gone a little bit longer than 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 we uh, we also thought, but you know he just he he changed up the stance. Um, you know, so elusive, quick, pacey on his feet, and just picked Seaver off. There was you know he tried the the capoeira kicks that we saw as well, and we we thought we thought we might see them, but just a just a really really impressive performance. And I think Connor, what he said after when he won the fight, I think it's a very very good point. You know, the guys talk about him, I mean, you know, his whole personality, but they don't actually appreciate and respect the actual skill and improve. Like, Connor's improved tenfold. He's added so much to his game since his days in Cage Warriors. He's getting better and better and better. And look at that. He went back to the basics as well. That right straight was beautiful. He was landing time after time on Seaver with that again the other night. And, um, you know... It, uh, obviously, there was a, a good promotional uh, clips we're, we're, we're going to see, I'm sure, before the, the title fight in Vegas. But, uh, you know, Connor's put this division on the map. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, it's a testament to the kind of guy he is. And if any begrudgers out there now, um, you can really just shut up because, uh, you, you know, he's really marketed himself into uh, into into a title fight. And, you know, he's, he's backed up what he said he's going to do as well. So yeah. unbelievable performance from Connor. So let's talk about the title fight. It looks like it's going to be Vegas in May. Has that been confirmed, or has it still just been it's um, world around the place? Let's have a look. It's um, they're talking about UFC 187 on the 23rd of May in uh, in Las Vegas, right. um, that's the provisional date that's been set. Um, I think Dana said after the press conference that um, even with Crow Park, they're going to lose money at the moment because of the uh, the production. Um, they're going to have to put up massive big screens, you know, put up um, a, a massive uh, roof over the over the cage in case of rain. Um, but I I don't know. I'd really I'd really love to see it happen here. I think the UFC um, should really be taking advantage of of markets in Europe. You know, like obviously Sweden here at the moment. There's a huge fight on Saturday. It's nearly sold out, as I believe. But they really should have should have done that with Ireland. They should have just gone all out and just for a one off, you know, and and really just solidify the market there because we saw last time with Sweden there was only how many people were in, were in the arena because the card that was put on 9,000 in a 16,500 oh, really? uh, uh, stadium yeah uh, where uh, Gunny and uh, Rick Story fought Okay, yeah, um, yeah. half the arena was empty and you know the, the, the UFC realised then they had to do something big for Sweden and that's why they came back with this show that's gone on this weekend a really really big uh, card this weekend but um, yeah, it does look like it's going to be Vegas. I mentioned last week as well um, when I was talking on the radio that, um, you know, the UFC, Fergus, as we know, they, they've lost GSP. Yeah, we're not sure when he's coming back. Obviously, the Bones and Cormier fight did really, really well on pay-per-view, but they've no single guy that's going to sell pay-per-views. 
and they need that first and foremost the UFC and I think people really need to start accepting this now at the moment sooner people accept that the UFC is um, you know it's it's a business uh, it's an entertainment as long as the Fertitas are going to be there it's going to be about entertainment and making money on their part they need a pay-per-view guy in the States Conor McGregor is that guy and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, we wouldn't see Conor maybe fight here for another two years. I'm not even sure the stadium show is going to happen even next year at, at this rate. Yeah, that's uh, that's something myself and Andy uh, chatted about as well. You know, will they come back to Ireland now? And if they do, will Conor be on the card? And mm. I think the both mm. of us kind of concluded that they mm. may come back, but it could be, say, two Americans headlining or a big yeah. European name, be it Irish, English or from wherever, uh, fighting an American or if they're not going to do the title, like it's funny, like roll the clock back two months and it was football stadiums in Dublin. You know, yeah. oh, it was, everyone was talking about two, mo- two months, two weeks, <laughs> two weeks even. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks. Oh, football. Oh, get it done. We're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, They've been flirting with it for so long. I just, I just think they need to make it happen. Didn't Connor put up a, a photo, tweet a photo of him and Croker, and said, "Yeah, well, last our title fight in the summer, something like that." And Dana replied, "Let's do it," or something. You know, yeah. immediately replied, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> and now it's weather, it's production, it's cost. We're going to yeah. have to build a roof over the thing, the big screens, and it's just, ah, you know. <laughs> it's but but you you can't take away as well for us the, the value um of like someone said to me last week uh, you know the UFC and um, they're they're moving away from pay per view market they're not moving away not at the moment they've they've announced more pay per views this year than they did last year right well Thir- thirteen this year they did eleven I think last year two okay. more yeah to, to like the 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 pay per view still accounts for like if you go back five years pay per view was ninety percent of their revenue. Yeah, and I think today it's about fifty percent, fifty something percent of their revenue. So they have moved away in terms of income stream. Yeah, a little bit. But, 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 but in it, terms of importance and it being their bread and butter, it's mm, still the yes, main, exactly the main show in town for them. You know, so it is. But uh, what what I've heard this week, uh, I heard a few rumors. You now I'm uh, talking to a few people about it. We poss- we're possibly apparently it's not going to be announced. There's a big announcement. Dave um, Allen's going to be making this. Um, Friday, um, he's going to be announcing a lot of the cards, but apparently there's not going to be a Dublin announcement on Friday. Right. Um, but there's rumours possibly that they're going to do, they're looking to do something in October. I've heard. Right. Well, I'm on holiday in last week of July and first week of August, so no, I think they, it's October. But well, they've clearly <laughs> blocked those out for me. Yeah, cancelled those. Yeah, out, which is great. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thinking of yourself as usual, Gus. I said, when I, when I hit kind of submit to pay for the flights, I started sweating immediately going, oh no, that's exactly when they're going to schedule the title fight in Dublin. But, um, and apparently, know, look. apparently there's, uh, there's going to be another big announcement on Friday, so, uh, so look out for that. I've, I've heard a little bit word, but I can't, I can't be saying anything at the moment. You've heard, you've heard a whisper of what it is? <laughs> yes, really? I can't say anything. Yes, I can't yes. say anything. We'll talk off air. I've been but, sworn. But, but hold on a sec. <laughs> we've heard about these big announcements before, and they usually don't come off. We were supposed to get one. No, no, no. no there's, we there's, were supposed there's, to get one at the time is now? No, there's one coming on Friday, definitely. I know really? that for a fact. I know that for a fact. There's definitely a, a big announcement on, on Friday. Okay. Um, but look, <laughs> we'll to talk draw a line under <laughs> Boston. Yeah, uh, we will talk off air. To, to draw a line under Boston, great night for for Irish MMA. Uh, 
gutted Norman didn't win. I didn't think he did himself any harm with the performance and how he brought uh, the fight to Tebow for the three rounds. Um, yeah. Great to see uh, wins for Houlihan and Pendred. And fantastic icing on the cake that we have an Irishman in the title fight. And what looks like May 23rd, you said, at UFC 187. Yeah. Um, so all in all, very few complaints about the night. Very few complaints. It's a strange night still, all the same, I'll say. But, uh, you know, I was happy to see Donald win as well. I think that the hard work and, uh, and the gameness of the man to take the fights, uh, you know, whenever they come along, paid off against Benson Henderson. Uh, as much as you want to disagree with the decision, I scored it for Benson. But, you know, happy for Donald because, you know, he's such a gamey, gutsy fighter. Um, obviously, disappointed for Norman. Uh, it could have gone either way. Um, I did score to T-Bow, though, in fairness. Um, you know, Cole, you know... There's nothing Carl can do about it. It's not his his problem. The the, the judges, um, you know, really did, should have scored it to Sean Spencer. But you know, Carl's going to obviously take that. It's it's not his fault, as you mentioned earlier on. Uh, good win for Paddy. Disappointed a little bit. Paddy didn't get the submission, but fair play to Shane Howell. Really good defence and a, just a willing guy. But yeah, look at Connor, mate. We couldn't have we couldn't have we couldn't have written this two years ago. No, um... we couldn't have written it. We would have, you know. It's just amazing for, you know, we, we've covered the sport now three or four years, whatever it is, and we've seen Connor since, you know, his cage warriors days, and to, to think of where he is now, and to think of where Irish mixed martial arts is now, eight fighters in the UFC within two years, it's just, it's just an incredible, incredible, uh, you know, achievement from, from everyone that's been involved um, in mixed martial arts in this country. And two more to look forward to next week, which is why you are in Sweden. Neil Seary kicks off uh, the card in Stockholm, and then two fights later, his good yeah. mate Paul Redmond makes his debut against Mirsad Bektic. Yeah, um, it's great I, news I, as well that I'm. Uh, Paul's actually since yesterday he's been moved up to the the Fox Sports uh, yeah. prelim card, so he's going to kick that off, which is a, that's you know brilliant exposure for uh, for Paul. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's fantastic. I am. Really looking forward to seeing Neil back in there. I've always, like, you know, Neil is, he was the first guy yeah. I ever interviewed when I started covering this sport. Um, and, I, you know, I just can't wait to see him get in there. I think Beal is a great opponent for him. And I think, like, like we were saying... Fight of the night, man. Yeah, Damn, like yeah. we were saying with Houlihan, um, only a couple of wins in the flyweight division puts you in the top half, if not top 15, and a few more wins puts you in the title contention. If Neil can win... Or we'll we, we take a leaf out of Connor's book. When Neil wins, um, that'll be two in a row for him. He should be top 20. He should be getting a top 15 opponent that next or mm. someone who gets him into the top 15. And you know, that's, that's where you want to be. Um, Redzer, short notice fight for him, two weeks. Um, he didn't have a fight at Christmas. This was the first time he had Christmas off in about three years, he was telling us. Um, the other week so not that he let himself go but he wasn't training hard yeah. he was training with Neil preparing Neil so he, but he wasn't training hard and he wasn't watching his weight so it's going to be a big ask um, he's fighting at featherweight for the first time uh, he's normally um, made lightweight without too much of a problem mm. but having said that you know it's always the last couple of pounds or a couple of kilos That's it. Uh, hopefully he gets close if he gets down get, makes the weight which he probably will uh, great, but even if he just gets close because it was such a short notice fight, yeah, uh, you know that that that'll do. And then I hope he gets the reload right, and he just he just is the Paul Redmond that we've seen tear through cage warriors, put on fantastic performances, pull out submissions from every and all angles, yeah. and usually involving someone's foot. Uh, it's just going to be brilliant. Uh, Neil Seary versus Chris Beale. You know, it's a fight I'm really looking forward. I think we've mentioned. 
um, you know, it's a potential fight of the night. Two guys who bring it. Um, we've seen what Chris Beal can do. That uh, incredible uh, flying knee last time out. I think it was back in October. And we know what Neil's going to bring. We saw him against Brad Pickett. Um, you know, we saw him against Phil Harris. You know, Neil loves to, to stand and bang. But Neil can get to the ground as well, as Andy, Andy mentioned say, on the video we did last week. You know, he hangs with all the black belts down there in Team Rhino. But this is just... Uh, it, it, one of those really exciting fights you know Chris Beal is, is a guy very unorthodox tries different things and uh, we know what we're going to get with Neil we're going to get those combos and and, uh, and punches so this is one that's got uh, predominantly I think it's going to stay in the feet and uh, I think we could be looking at definitely a fight of the night here two really exciting fighters Bektic you know this guy um, he's he was originally born in Bosnia I actually just do an interview with him there during the week and he moved to Germany then to um, I think it was America after that he, he's lived all over the place as a kid obviously uh, war torn Bosnia when he was younger that's why they had to, to move to the States but he's a guy he's 8-0 um, Charles Skelly I think he's uh, he's coming off a, a win against it was a majority decision victory um, I haven't seen too much footage of him uh, I'll be honest about that but he's one of the guys that's been mentioned I think Andy said this as well and uh, as one of the top, um, I think he was SureDog.com's top um, prospect for 2013. Um, they had him ranked, ranked number one. But listen, you know, Reds just taking this fight on a, a couple of weeks' notice. These, are, you know, these are the most, you know, when a guy doesn't have time to think about it, as as, as Paul said to me last week, you know, you go in with no fear. Um, the less time he has to think about it, I think it plays into Paul's favour. Um, you know, it's going to be a very close matchup. Hopefully, Paul can get down to the weight or somewhere near the weight. Obviously, he's normally a 155er, fighting at 145. Um, it, you never know. I'm really excited about this one. Paul, I think he mentioned what he got four, uh, five bonuses in his uh, eight Cage Warriors appearances. So that just tells you what kind of fighter Paul is. He's, you know, he's going to go for uh, every limb and he's uh, going to try and bring them back home, I think he said to me. But it, it's an interesting scrap. Um, uh, yeah, listen, I'm going to go Paul to sneak it. I, I think, he, you know, having that little amount of time to think about it sometimes works in a, in someone's favour. And uh, Bektic has had, obviously, the opponent change. He's made things up. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Paul to, to, to nick this by toehold in the second. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> well, listen, though, the, the Skype line is getting a bit sketchy here, so we will let you go. You said you were going for a little lap a little nap before you start doing a little bit of work later on so I don't want to be the guy who gets yeah. in the way of you and your pillow uh, enjoy Sweden might talk to you later on in the week <laughs> and uh, keep us posted on that special announcement um, on Friday I will yeah yeah. sure follow on the website now we'll have a lot of videos of uh, talkingbrawls.mma.com so uh, thanks for having me Fergus do appreciate it and uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you during the week I'm sure will indeed talk to you then Niall. all the best so Paul when you started training here at Team Rhino, whatever, six, nearly seven years ago, was the UFC in your mind at that stage? Was even MMA in your mind? The competitive side wasn't in my mind at all, you know. I just started uh, MMA as a way to get fit and lose a little bit of weight. It was a bit chunky back in, back then, you know. Um, and I found a really good gym. It was a stone throw away from my house. And it happens to be one of the top two gyms in Ireland. And... Um, I took a fight after, I think it was six months, it was still a bit heavy, I got choked unconscious in about 15 seconds of the first round and uh, it's not in my character to sort of stop there or shy away from me, so I took a fight a couple of weeks later, I won that, same again, it's just sort of snowballed from there. And so, so when you started winning fights early in your career, like as an amateur and then you know, as an early professional, was even the UFC in your head at that stage? Or were you just happy with the local circuit and maybe cage warriors? No, I, I, you know, I genuinely, at, at the time, I never thought, um, it, 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 it was just never in my head. You know, um, I always liked winning 
even at the amateur fights and um I just I was happy doing it, you know. So as long as I'm happy and having fun doing it, that's all I want and now that I'm here, like the last two years we've really snowballed for Cage Warriors and um now that I'm here look I'm delighted and uh, I'm gonna go in there hundred percent, you know. Yeah. Well, you must have started thinking about the UFC then when you went in the great run in Cage Warriors and you were being tipped for titles in that promotion and ranking in the top ten in Ireland and the UK. You must have started really thinking especially with Neil then getting in as well, you must have thinking you were close. Yeah, um, in my own mind, I thought it was. Um, I would have thought all the champions got in first. You know, Neil went there, won the flyweight uh, champion for Cage Warriors. Um, Cotter Pens with Connor, they did the same. You know, they're all in there now. Um, and I thought that was a show route to the UFC. I, I thought you really needed the belt, but um, you know, I put on exciting fights. I think I've uh, three or four um, submission of the night wins, and I've won fight of the night in my last eight fights. You know, so I'm not a boring fighter, and I think that also stands to me as well for um, the UFC. Plus the uh, the whole toe holds. I pull off some um, crazy submissions as well. So you know, they're always on the watch for that. Now this is a short notice fight. You've a little over two weeks since you found out to 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 fight night. Um, I've heard you say that you, you, you counselled a few people, you talked to Neil, you talked to Andy. At any stage in your head were you thinking, I, I might be able to do this just just now? For the UFC? Yeah. No, never. And I think I got, we got asked, Andy got a hint of an email that something might happen last Thursday when I was in work and um, he said, how fast could you make 66? And we had a little bit, a bit of a chat and I went back into work and came back out at one o'clock and he says, can you make it for Sweden? I literally said I didn't know and hung up the phone and then like Neil texts me, he just says, Look, just make the bleeding weight, you know. So with like this was all in the space thirty, forty seconds, so I rang Neil back uh, Andy back and I just says, Yeah, we'll take the fight, you know. I'm not one to shy away from uh, a fight scrap with anyone, you know. I went in anyone cage where put in in front of me, I get in and fought them. People were uh, dodging Lewis Long and all I get in and fought them and beat him, you know. So um to get the call up was great. So once the news kinda of sank in then, were you more did you ever get a time to enjoy it? Because I know the wait now is a big ask. You've a lot to cut in the two weeks since you found out. But have you actually enjoyed the fact that you are now a signed UFC fighter for four for four fights? Do you know what? I haven't really thought too much into it. Um, well, there's a job in front of me. I'm there. This is business now. You know, I'm not. Um, I'm not taking this fight lightly. I'm not out here to lose. I'm out here to take someone's head off. Or, or if he gives me a submission, I'm taking that home with me. You know, um, I'll enjoy it after the fight when I get me win. And is it special that you're going on after Neil? Because I know the two you're very close. You've trained your entire career with Neil, and he's been a, almost a mentor to yeah, you. I'd course. say. Yeah, that's that. That'd be um, that'd be a hundred percent. You know, Neil was always the first one to do anything in in this gym. It, with regards to like, uh, where he was when I started. So when I started, Neil was the top of the mound for Irish MMA, and he still is. Um, but he was away in England first, then I followed too. Then he was in Cage Warriors first, then I followed too. And then he was in the UFC, so I followed too. So um, to fight in the same crowd as Neil, um, especially back-to-back, it's, uh, it'll be a great one. And like Neil obviously made a short notice debut in the UFC as well in a big room, the O2 in the London. Has he been kind of giving you little tips on how to deal with the crowd or the pressure or the media, you know, <coughs> stuff that might be new to you? He said uh, the media is fairly full on when you get over there. I was talking to a girl from the UFC, um, Vicky, the other day when I was doing an interview. She said, you know, it's fairly full on, non-stop. Morning. But, you know, there's, it's a huge card. I don't think anybody wants to speak to me, to be honest. You'd be surprised. Look at the event of people here. Yeah, I would say. I would see when we get over there, you know. So, any predictions for the fight? Or are you just going to get in there and just 
you know, just go for it. No, do you know what? Even when I was fighting with Cage Warriors on the other shows, um, I never gave predictions to everybody. Asked me, are we going to see this? Are we going to see that? I'm going to go out there and fight the way that I always do. I fought, jumping on crazy submissions, trying leg locks, heel hooks, this, in, in small shows in, in the middle of Wales, like, you know, with 100 people. I fight one way and that's it, you know, so hopefully the, the UFC and the people like the way I fight, you know. Yeah. Now, Neil is obviously a family man, has a full-time job as well. Are you a full-time fighter now or are you still going back to work once you get home from school? <clears throat> I don't know, we'll see. You know, I, took, I, I just asked the, uh, the, the lads that I work for two weeks off, I just had a bit, really big fight um, in front of me. The, 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 uh, the old lads out there, they're not really sure what UFC is, so... I just said um, it was a boxing match uh, in the middle of Europe. They said, all right, no hassle. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to them when I get back. Right, listen, Reza, best of luck if we're not talking to you before then. And uh, hopefully we'll chat to you when you come back with the win from Sweden. Excellent. Will do, lads. Thank you. There you have it. That's episode 66 in the bag. There'll be another episode. Episode 67 will be out before uh, UFC in Sweden. Just coincidentally, we were offered time with Paul and Neil over in Sweden. So we said, yeah, sure, we'll have the chat. So what I'll do is I'll put those episodes out together with one one interview I did actually before Christmas and just haven't used yet. And uh, it'll just be a, a short enough episode, but we will push that out. Hopefully Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, just in, in, in the run up to UFC Sweden. Thanks a million for listening. You can get the show obviously on SoundCloud, iTunes, stitcher and spreaker and you can contact the show at satanta mma show on twitter and we do have a facebook page as well satanta mma show if you just look that up please drop us a comment query and let us know how we might be able to improve the show thanks for listening and we will catch you later on in the week you've been listening to the satanta mma show presented by fergus ryan and stephen larry and edited by kira gannon